Hey, Hoagie's Garage on a Saturday. So. Saturday morning again. We're just getting to be a regular. No, well, last Friday last week. Wasn't yeah, it? I don't know. I can't remember. Last week got days. to be a blur with that whole four days in a row thing. Yeah, what day is it today? Saturday, Sa I said. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah. So we, we're, we're get, catching back up. Yeah. Take yep. a few days off from work, and then all of a sudden my calendar is all messed in my head. And we were going to go watch some races at Hartford last night. They got rained out at I-90, and yep. Rapid Speedway got rained out. So we just sat <coughs> in the garage. Yep, nothing wrong with that. You golfed all day yesterday. Golfed all afternoon. Actually won the Golden Wiener with the county outing, So, which is a putter that's got a hot dog on the end of it, the putting shaft of the hot dog. So it's the Golden Wiener. That's what we go for. We don't have a Golden Jacket. Wow, uh, amazing, Tobe. You're the champion. Yeah, well, it ain't just me. It's all—it's a game we play. It's wolf or something, and <laughs> yeah, it's luck. More uh, luck than skill, trust me. Yeah. Well, before we get into our podcast today, I got to give a huge shout-out to uh, Matt Kleeman down in Texas. Uh, uh, it's always tough when your kids move away. They go do some stuff, and first of all, my son Riley was fortunate enough, Matt Kleeman and Diana... Um, took him in. Um, they're letting him stay there as he's doing his internship at Texas Christian in sports field management. Um, he's working on the fields uh, there at Texas Christian, which is actually really cool because last year they played for national championship football. This year they played a super regional game with him there. He was getting the field ready. Um, saw him win to go to the nationals in Omaha. Um, so it's really cool that he's there. Um, he has about a 35-minute, 40-minute trip every morning. And yesterday his car <laughs> kind of took a crap. We don't know what's going on with it. Uh, I'm guessing it's something to do with the transmission. So it's probably not good. But called Nissan dealership. You know, he's getting to be a big boy here because yeah. he's got to try and figure some of this out on his own. Uh, Dad and Mom can't be there to do it. So, um Matt, Matt's letting him use his pickup truck. You know, it's right by the 4th. They don't know when they're going to be able to look at his car. It might not be till Wednesday. Um, he's supposed to help a guy move today um, down in Fort Worth. So, so yeah, Matt and Diana are being awfully generous. They're helping him out. Um, and I, you know, I, he asked for a loaner, you know, and the Nissan dealership was... Well, we're six weeks out on that. So I don't know if we're going to have to look at a rental car. I don't know what we're going to have to do. Um, oh, the, joy, the joys of having kids, right? The joys of having kids and, and not being Not being home, close. Yep. You know, yep. <laughs> we are heading there uh, this week. Houston, my son plays basketball in Houston this week. So we are going to go down there, um, pick Riley up on our way to Houston. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he'll just be... Handing over some more money to uh, the dealership, or I have no idea. It could be a very expensive weekend, but uh, we we can't thank Matt and Diana enough for everything they've done for Riley. So I just had to throw that out there. Um, I don't know if he listens to the podcast or not, but uh, uh, if he does, uh, all the Clemens that uh, you know, it's just unbelievable what they've done for our family. So today, though. Kind of a good one, I think, Tobe. I think it should be. It's always fun to do something different again. You know, it, 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 it's, it's a thankless, it's a completely thankless job for the most part. Yep. You know, he maybe gets thanked by the winner. Maybe. You know, yep. but uh, then it kind of gets overlooked if you win, you know. But yep. um, track prep, 
You know, we've had Chris Duncan on with uh, Knoxville before. We yep. actually did that on the Saturday. He actually yep, got yep. off the grader. Yep, to come and talk in. to us. And talk to us. That as was really was, cool sitting underneath the backstretch stands at Knoxville. Yeah, you know, and that was the Saturday of Knoxville Nationals. So that was nerds, really cool. That was cool. But, uh, you know, we figured let's talk with Greg Baker. You know, yep. it's a four-day show, uh, short track, just gets totally abused. See if they got any sleep um, or not. Yeah, you know, I just... Uh, or if it, he was making regular trips to the Nostock <laughs> and getting something to drink. And it, it, was, it was well done. I thought I mean, so. I thought they were good races each night. But let's find out. You know, I heard they got some new dirt this year, um, and that's why they struggled early. But it's just going to be interesting to see, see what, what Greg all has to say. So when we come back, Tobe, we'll Greg have Greg Baker. Baker on. Hey, Tobe, you know, every once in a while I want to go to Knoxville or Pella, and I have troubles finding a place to stay. Do you have any good ideas of where a guy could stay? Heck, I'd try the Turn 2 Lodge, bud. It's a house right north of the track. I think you can probably hear the races. You ain't have to leave till the races start. Walk down. If you're in the area, whatever, visiting anything, I'd check out the Turn 2 Lodge. Find it on the Airbnb. All right, we're back at Hoagie's Garage with Greg Baker from the track prep man, I guess you could call him at Husets. The track man. The track man, there you go. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, Greg, to get us started. Uh, it's just me and my wife, and uh, I'm... Uh, self-taught farmer I've done that my whole life and and uh, I got into the racing and then that got me going to these tracks that were having some issues with uh, their track prep and and being a farmer I you know had some ideas about dirt and got me into running road graders and working on racetracks now so so this is my uh, question uh, uh, that i had uh, a little later on but since you brought this up that you played with dirt so is there like a college to learn how to do track prep or is this just something <laughs> you uh you, you know most of you guys just get together and you you i mean just go to town and learn well it's it's i mean when i grew up on a farm and was riding in the tractor when I was in diapers and I have seen a lot of, lot of dirt in my time and, and race tracks are dirt and you pretty much do the opposite thing you want to do for farming. You do, um, <laughs> at a racetrack. So, um, I seen some problems, you know, over the years and, I started racing ATVs and motorcycles when I was young, and I got involved with the racetracks that I raced at and and uh, just learned a lot about dirt and, and uh, thought I could help out at these tracks. And, and one thing led to another, and... And I've worked at many of them, so. Yeah, about you bet. So now, being you brought it up, I have to ask this all the time. You said ATVs and motorcycles and stuff. You're racing them. What'd you all break when you were racing them, or were you one of the lucky ones? I didn't break a whole lot. I mean, I uh, was very fortunate and didn't didn't get in a lot of wrecks. But I, 
was pretty successful with the ATV end of it. I raced all yep. over, um, raced for a guy out of Bakersfield, California, and and uh, that's probably my kind of claim to fame to racing is I raced the AMA national circuit and won some championships there and then I kind of got you know uh thought I would get into the sprint car deal and that was a whole uh whole different uh experience there you got to have a lot of money and a lot of people to help you and, and uh yeah I did that for quite a few years so yeah, what, what did you all race with sprint cars? Was it mainly 360s? Did you dabble in the 410s too? Well, I started in the IMCA, and then um, I raced for Don Elliott, and then he decided we should have a 410, and we started racing 410s on Sunday night at Husets, and, and uh, then we had 360s, and... We pretty much race, you know, three nights a week with, uh, we'd race a couple nights with the 360 and then every Sunday night we put a 410 in there and, and, you know, try to compete out at Houston's and did that for quite a few years. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can remember back in the day when you were out there all the time, but, um, what's, what's one of your most memorable moments one or two memorable moments from your racing career whether it's the atv or the sprint cars it don't matter oh probably one of my best deals with the sprint car was we went down to uh eagle and raced uh i think the outlaws were there and we were just trying to get some lap time in and had a motor blow up down there and and cheaters day was on sunday and we you know we were out of our motor and and uh was talking with tom baker and he's like well put your 360 in and go out race just i'm like well we can't compete you know with a 360 <laughs> And he talked me into it, and by God, we won the one Cheaters Day that year with a three sixty. So that was that was pretty special. Was that at the fairgrounds? Then that was at Houston. At Houston, okay. Yep i I raced a few times at the fairgrounds. Was never very successful on that big half mile. I started up in front a few times, and and uh, but we. Uh, we won a few of them cheaters days at Houston's one with a 360 and I think we won a couple with a 410 so we we had a pretty successful cheaters day when they were at Houston's yeah so did you cheat at all did you do anything different to the car oh we yeah we a friend of mine Brett Hightreader he made a side panel you know that went on back by the tail tank and and uh we were very successful by putting that on that really played into the way we set the car up. And I had a couple DNFs when we were leading, uh, cheaters day. And, um, but yeah, we, we didn't do a whole lot. I mean, just that wing panel on the side there back by the fuel tank. 
Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I remember going to a lot of them cheaters days out at the fairgrounds, and then the, the body cars would rent a wing or buy a wing from a sprint car and strap it to the top of their car, and then that would pull hard. And a lot of them needed new motors at the end of that day. Yeah, it them seemed. were that that fairgrounds track was just I mean, growing up as a kid, I just you know, during the fair they would race I think three times during the fair and and then they would always race at the end of the year that cheaters day and man, I have a lot of good memories. My dad taking me out there and seeing all the different you know, the wings on the Marty Barbers and yep. and uh Forbrook with with Lasoski and and you know they would come from all over. Yeah, it was. They'd have them panels like you said going to the fuel tank. I seen if I remember right, some of the guys would enclose the Nerf bars too to make or the yep make it more yep. aerodynamic and yep. it was that that track out there that was just a different breed of track. Period. The yep, shape that. and the length of it, you know, the front stretch never was straight. Didn't really have a front stretch. Is more just a big corner, if I remember right. Yep. Yes, it was. It was very, very unique shape, and man, was it fast. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. I just remember it being dusty. <laughs> <laughs> Could you ever go? Yeah. You're pretty young yet. Yep. Um. <laughs> so let's get into the track prep. Um. When did you, you know, start doing track prep? What tracks did you kind of start at, and then when did you start at Husits with it? Well, I. When I really got started doing track prep is when I was racing motorcycles and ATV out at uh, Saddleback here over by Renner, the the cycle club. Um, I had a guy that uh, worked on my motorcycle motors and ATV motors. His name was Ken Sutter, and he took care of the racetrack out there. And and uh, back then, all's all's we had was a old Minneapolis Moline tractor and it had a, a pull type road grader that had actually two big wheels, one in your left hand, one in your yep, right hand. Yep. And, and, and that controlled the up and the down of the, the grader blade. And I would go out there and pull him around the track with that old Minneapolis Moline. Well, then, you know, there was times where he couldn't make it out there and, I'm on the back of that uh, pull type road grader, and and uh, that's where it all started. And uh, you know, we live out in the country, and and on a gravel road. And back in them days, you might see the grader two, three times a year. So we had an old grader, and. Uh, that we pulled and me and my dad would go and fool around out on the road. And so between, you know, that and, and Saddleback is where I learned how to run a road grader. And, and then, you know, I started racing, going to the races with my brother-in-law and got out to Hartford and, you know, they were having issues and, and, uh, I started racing and started talking to people about racetracks. And next thing I know, I'm running the road grader. You know, I, I think I started out there at Hartford and then, 
Houston's they were having trouble out there and they called me and and uh, asked me if I could you know help you know if I had any ideas and got out there and started uh, helping out there and and you know I've been to Rock Rapids I've been to Park Jefferson um I've ran the greater in McCool Junction, Nebraska. I've uh, been to a lot of different racetracks and, and uh, Watertown, South Dakota. I get up there usually a few times a year. Todd Good, he's got a track, and I um, helped with that track. And um, just been fortunate to be able to you know, help some of these guys that are having troubles. Yeah. Did, did you have anything to do with, uh, helping reconfigure Jackson? Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, had some little bit of input. I mean that I really wanted to leave that track a half mile because, you know, we don't have many half miles, left everybody's going to these these shorter race tracks and everybody thinks well the the big motors you know shine on the big tracks well uh towards the end there when jackson was a half mile they had a big race and you know there was four tens and three sixties and uh they went around in the pit area and they went to all the drivers because Todd was kind of on the fence. He didn't really know which way he should go. You know, I think he liked leaving it the way it was. And uh, Chuck Zitterich went around and asked all the drivers, you know, they had a poll and it, everybody wanted it shortened. So uh, we decided to shorten it. And I honestly think now, you got to have a better motor now the way the track is um, versus when it was, you know, the half mile track. So, but yeah, I, I, you know, I was involved and, and they, they had a poll and people, you know, wanted it shortened. So that's what we got now. Yeah. Yeah. Just on a side note, going back, you were talking about the old hand operated road grader or whatever that's the same thing we had when we used to race go-karts out at Fulkins's. okay have to sit on the back of her so i know exactly what you're talking about with the old blade but it yeah it, it worked fine you just you didn't want to do you didn't want to do a half mile track with one of them that's for sure <laughs> no i mean <clears throat> i uh i've been very fortunate you know i i got a lot of people that comment about the equipment that i have today and you know, I'm spoiled with the equipment I have, which I am spoiled, but um, I started at the very bottom and I, you know, yep. I've run a lot of junk and uh, most racetracks that I worked at never had the equipment that Todd Queering has. I mean, no. I, I, I tell his son, Taylor, I said, you have no idea the stuff that I've run and made what I had work where now the equipment that I run, it's, it's just unbelievable. And, and, uh, 
Todd isn't afraid to, you know, spend the money if he thinks it's going to help his racetrack. Yeah. Yep. Did you ever get stuck driving one of them? I always call them an old knuckle buster, the old gear drive road graders. Run the, many knuckle busters. Yeah. Hart, Hartford, when I went out there, I'm not even sure what brand that grader was, but that was a knuckle buster. And, uh, saddleback, they, you know, got a self-propelled road grader and it was a knuckle buster. Yep. And the, the one up in Watertown, that was a knuckle buster. So, yeah. For those yeah, listening I, that don't know what a knuckle buster is, they were a gear drive. So basically when you moved the lever inside the cab, you had to lock the two gears together and they weren't like synchronized. So you basically had to cram it forward. And if you didn't hit it hard enough, if I remember, because my grandpa had one, it's really the only one I ran, they would beat your hand back so hard that you were always afraid you're going to break your knuckles or break your fingers. <laughs> yeah, they should have called them a wrist, yeah, a yeah. wrist buster. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. That's exactly how they worked. You bet. Hey, Greg, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hey, bud, when I talk about wrapping something, what do you think of? Uh, Christmas presents? Well, that's true, but that's not what I'm talking about here. See, every day you go to Octane Inc., it does kind of feel like Christmas. It's not the same kind of wrapping, but man, it's like getting a present every time you go there. These guys wrap everything. Snowmobiles, UTVs, golf carts, race cars, trailers. To be honest, if it moves, they can probably wrap it. You know what? It doesn't even have to move till they wrap my ping pong table into the Iowa Hawkeye football field, and it looks amazing. That is true. I guess they also do hoodies, t-shirts, and hats, and other accessories. Bud, what the heck are you doing now? Well, you never know. Maybe Brett wants to pick up some other kind of wrapping. I don't think that's going to happen, but if you want to give him a call in T, South Dakota, it's Octane, Inc., 605-213-8343. Again, that's 605-213-8343. All right, we're back with Greg Baker. Greg, let's get into Houston's a little bit. Um, we'll talk High Bank Nationals here in a second, but what what's a normal week like for you at Houston's when you know there's going to be a race on Sunday? What what's a normal week out there like for you? Well, this year's been very much of a struggle because, as we all know, we're in a drought here, and uh, we. Last fall, the track needed dirt very, very bad. So um, we went out into the, you know, the parking lot and and I had Todd. He's like, well, what are we going to do for dirt or how do we find dirt? Or I said, well, you know, Buck Miller, you know, he had to get dirt out of this parking lot and kill Houston. So I said, let's go out with a post hole auger and start probing holes and see if we can find something that we think you know doesn't have a lot of sand or a lot of rocks or so uh, last fall that's what the boys did they went out and they found something they thought you know seemed pretty good and and uh, we hauled in 50 loads side dump loads of dirt and um this spring, you know, we let it sit all winter, and in the spring, my normal deal is come out to the racetrack in the spring, get a chisel plow, and 
dig the track up and get everything mixed together and and uh you know it's kind of like baking a cake you got to get all the stuff stirred up and and this spring was different than any year i've ever seen because <laughs> went out went out there with the chisel plow and normally you dig it up and you got mud well we're digging this thing up and it's dry yeah I mean, there's hardly any moisture to compact that dirt back together. I, I've never seen anything like it. And uh, so anyway, that was our first deal. We dug up the track and tried to get things mixed together and things were dry. And, you know, we're working at night because you can't work. You can work in the day, but you're trying to save the moisture. You sure. want that moisture to bind that track together, you know, you, you, you gotta be able to make a mud ball and, and it's so dry. Uh, we start watering on a Tuesday night and, um, you know, throughout the year we, we've been starting watering on Tuesday night. So we get the track bladed, you know, fairly close and then start watering every night every tuesday night wednesday night thursday night friday night and uh saturday night i go out and and we put some water on during the day saturday so saturday night i can do a final grade and you know you're putting on probably fourteen thousand gallons every night (laughs) and uh, normally in a year where we get rain, we'll start watering at the earliest on Friday night. Yeah. And uh, so this year's just just been a different year, and the the new dirt has, you know, you you have a routine that works, and you start there. And this year, that's where we started, and. It's, it took me until, uh, this last week to get that track pointed in the right direction. The track threw you a pretty big curveball with the new dirt. The, the new dirt and the... No rain. The, the no rain. I mean, I don't think people realize that the humidity and the dew point is what makes or breaks your racetrack meaning if you when it gets we race at night for a reason because when it starts to get dark the humidity and the dew point usually come up yep and it's been so cotton pick and dry that it's like winter time we're not getting them high dew points and the high humidity to help bring that moisture back up out of that racing surface, no matter how much dirt we put on. And then um, when have you remembered back, you know, over the years having three B features on a Sunday night (laughs) show and, and, and people, you know, on a weekly show, it's very tough because the 305s and the street stocks, they want that track dry. Yep. And Todd Queering does not like rubber on a racetrack. Yep. 
And so it, it's it's been a big struggle to try to get these racing surfaces um, to fit for everybody's class. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. You'll never you know, get it where everybody's happy. And having these B features, the, the night the, the late models were there, there was four B features. So that track will only take so much racing. Yep. And then it's a struggle, you know, they want to get them fans out of there by 10 to 10.30 at night. So now they're up in the start times where, you know, at Houston's it was races at 8 p.m. Sharp. sharp. Well, there, yep. there, there's a reason Buck Miller started at 8 o'clock. Yep. It's because... It was in the shade by then, the track was. In the shade. Well, now we're starting earlier. And, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's been, been hard to get a good combination and uh i threw the book at that racetrack you know (laughs) after week number three is when i realized that the first two weeks you know we did the same stuff that we'd been doing that was working okay and and uh that wasn't working this year so it's it's been a you know, it's not like farming where you call up your agronomist and he comes out and you, you get yeah. a fresh quarter of land that you've taken <laughs> over from the guy that farmed it and he tells you, well, you need this, this, and this. Well, yeah. with racetracks, you know, at Hucits, we found dirt that we thought would work. And we put that dirt on, and this dirt is different than the old dirt. And yep. um, I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, back in, I don't know, the early 2000s, I got out there. and uh, They got me doing the track, and uh, me and Dave Lundstra went out there, and Dave brought some equipment, and we needed dirt, and... and uh, Steve Rubin found some dirt up there at, at this church in Brandon and Jeremy Scadden hauled all that dirt out. And we put that dirt on the track and we ended up taking all that dirt off the track. It just, <laughs> it just didn't that do worked. what we wanted it to do. And, and there's a reason Knoxville uses Zook clay, I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah. It, it, it's, the dirt is so important and, and, um, every track I work at has different dirt. And, and, uh, so, uh, we've been trying to get a good combination with this dirt that we have and, and, and with the dry conditions that throws us a different, uh, you know, as yeah. far as prepping the track, you gotta, like I say, we start watering on Tuesday night, and that that first weekend, Casey Kane showed up there. His guys like, man, why don't you guys water the track? And we're like, we've been watering it since Tuesday, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and they just look at you, and uh, you know, I've had Brad Sweet tell me, he says, uh, you know, I watch you, I watch it everything you do and he says you work at the two 
most difficult surfaces we race at all season long, Jackson and Houston's. <laughs> and he goes, I, I don't know why. He goes, you don't dare start out with a dry racetrack and hope the moisture's going to come up. No, yeah. it don't it, come. It, no, it, it doesn't come. And, and these... You know, these four tens, if you walk around in the pits after time trials and look at their tack, they're turning these motors 88 to 9,000. You know, and I, I tell people, you know, they're like, well, why, why do these tracks take rubber? And I said, well, they've been changing up the tires. We're using synthetic rubbers. And I said, you know, I said, I don't know how many of you people uh, use a die grinder to grind metal. But I said, if back in the day when these cars were running, you know, 84, 8,500 for RPMs and you take a die grinder and you, you turn the RPM down and you try to grind a piece of metal and then you turn it up a thousand RPMs, you can take off a whole lot of material. You know, I said, we got so much more wheel spin nowadays than we had you know 10 years ago and i said these cars you know they're a sprint car but i said they get so much more power to the ground and we got so much wheel spin at houston's um it's very difficult to keep that racing surface where you want it and then with the car counts that we've been getting there's only so many laps that that track will handle before it starts. Yeah, rubber. Then up. everything you had wet is blew up against the wall <laughs> or outside the track. You know that the grinder. That was a great analogy. I loved the way yeah, you explained that's, that. That's that really was really good. good. So, yep. How it, how late were your nights at High Banks? And by the way, the High Banks Nationals. I don't know if you could have had the track better for four nights than what you did, Greg. You and your guys did amazing. Well, thank you. I mean, we. I mean, these racers, they don't have to tell us when we don't have a good track. I mean, I (laughs) know it. Yeah, I I, any good racetrack, you know, Chris Duncan at Knoxville, you don't have to tell him that the track wasn't good. He goes home at night. I go home at night and you don't feel very good when you go home at night and the track isn't good. I mean, you know, these race cars are so equal that everybody wants the track dry. They want it dry because on a heavy track, the cars are all so locked down. If you don't start in the front, yeah. you're, you're not going anywhere. So it, it's tough on uh, racetrack people to, you know, you got to try to have the track so these guys can race well if you have a a track that's dry for the heat races usually you're not going to have you know good features and and uh i don't know how these teams are doing it as far as the expense but it's tough to give them a racetrack where they can you know come from the back and 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 go to the front and and Dirt, you know, dirt is huge as far as uh, how the surface is going to be from the start of the night to the end of the night. Just like the weather, the the humidity and the dew point, you know, 
uh, if the track starts slicking up for the heat races and and when the sun goes down, the moisture comes back up and saves you. I mean, we're constantly monitoring the humidity and the dew point because the hardest part of the racetrack prep is the watering. Yep. That That is the most difficult part because if they want to start hot lapping at 7 o'clock, you got to figure out how much water you're going to put on there, what time the pack trucks are going to go out there. and To um, have it ready at 7 o'clock for them, not 7.05. <laughs> or... Yep. I mean, that is that is the hardest part. And, you know, we were putting in 18 hours, you know, a day at Houston's during that high bank nationals. And... And when you race four nights in a row, dirt dirt is like your skin. And when you race on it more, dirt is porous. So is how I explain it to people is every night you race on it, the dirt gets more saturated and then pores get tighter and tighter and tighter. It's like, putting hand lotion on your hand and you put too much hand lotion on and you're sitting there rubbing your hands together trying to get rid of that hand lotion well that's that's what it's like when you race multiple nights that dirt gets it can only take so much water and racetracks seal up there can be moisture underneath it and they'll seal up and and they'll just seal up and start laying rubber so um yeah, we were putting in 18-hour days and, and trying to get that surface dried out so it would take more water. And and uh, them, them multiple race events are uh, very tricky for people working on them. Yeah. Oh, I can't even imagine. And, you know, people aren't going to understand that, that you need to get the surface dried out to get moisture into it again. You know, because you yep. got to get it soaked down in far enough breathe. so that it holds. And and you can't beat rain. You can't beat natural water. It, you know, that's another thing. Uh, but you'd thing. like to control how much you get. Well, yeah, but, I mean, for, <laughs> for getting moisture in the ground, you can't beat rain. Uh, you know, I don't know how many people have water softeners, but if, if you've grown up where you didn't have a water softener in your house and then you get a water softener, you can just feel the difference in the yep. water when you're washing clothes or washing your hair. Well, that's kind of how I take the rainwater. Even though we're pumping the water out of the river, there's nothing like the rainwater. It's just, nope. it's like having soft water. And, uh, you know, back when I worked at Jackson, um, in the McCorkle days, they were taking water out of the water tower. Well, the track would turn white. From the chlorine and, and stuff. And exactly. So I started doing a bunch of research and it was from the chlorine. So it was taking all the organisms and all the good stuff that you want for dirt because if you want a good racetrack you need to have dirt that you can raise 200 bushel corn i mean you (laughs) gotta have uh organic matter and and um that chlorine was 
taking all that out of that track and at the end there we we finally got some stuff that we could dump in the water and you could just smell the chlorine coming out of the water truck <laughs> but but yeah rainwater is uh king i mean there's yep. there's there's just nothing like rainwater even though we're we're taking water out of the river i mean it's better than taking it out of a water tower but yeah. but it's still but, soaked you know a lot of that soaked through the ground come out of the tile so it picks minerals up out of the ground and stuff and yep. that's all stuff that you're adding to the track again so yeah. yep but, all right well greg this has been great yeah. <laughs> i know i've learned a ton we had chris duncan on i told you that but uh, you kind of used a lot more analogies for us. and uh, To explain that, it to us common folk. Yeah, that was, that was really good. And you kind of yeah. started from the bare bones and worked your way up to some of the best equipment that's out there right now. So, but, yep. I, I, you talk about Chris Duncan. Um, when Todd bought Jackson, um, we were having a big race over there, you know, and, and he was concerned, you know, Jackson – Jackson is extreme. It, 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 you're either at one end or the other. It's hard to get a middle, you know, racing surface there. And Todd came to me, you know, and I was racing. And he goes, would would you, you know, be upset if, if I bought, brought Chris Duncan up here to work on the racetrack for this big event? And I'm, I looked at Todd and I'm like, I would love for you to bring Chris Duncan <laughs> up here because that's knowledge I can learn from. Yep. And whenever you think you know it all, that's when you need to quit because yep. uh, anytime I go to a racetrack or I'm always watching what they're doing because you don't know everything. No. And I tell my guys that work with me, I tell them, if you have an idea, I want to hear it because maybe your idea is better than my idea. Yep. I, I said, when, when you're working with me, it's not my way or the highway. I, I, I uh, you know, let's do this together. And when Todd brought Chris Duncan up and I said, here's the keys, you do whatever you want to do. And if you want me to help you, I will help you, but I said, I'm not going to interfere with the way you do things because I want to learn from, you know, yeah. everybody knows Knoxville's one of the best there is. And and uh, I actually got to, we got two road graders, Sabota Excavating brought their road grader over. And Chris was running a grader and I was running a grader. And lo and behold, he does the same stuff that I do. <laughs> that had to make you feel good. And that, that made me feel really good. And, uh, so I was very fortunate to be able to work with him and, and, uh, that was very interesting. And then, you know, Todd Queering, he can run equipment and he's good on equipment and his son, Taylor, the same thing. Um, I grew up on this farm with my dad and I worked with my dad and, and uh, when we worked together, it was just like we were thinking the same thing. Well, I have that with Todd's son, Taylor. It, it's just amazing 
how he has picked up from what I have showed him and we'll start talking about stuff and he'll be think, thinking the exact same thing that I'm thinking. So um, that kid's really, uh, really important with the track prep. And if I'm not there, I got a custom bailing business and, and there's times where I, I need to be bailing hay and I can't get to the racetrack until hot laps and Taylor and Tom Peterson, you know, they take over. And then yep. in Jackson, uh, we got Dave Nutt over there. And, and uh, it's it's a very good combination. And, and uh, I'm very lucky. So, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm just assuming here, but I'm guessing you just about like when you were racing, you had a notebook for each track. And I'm guessing you just about have to have a notebook for the track prep too just for the different tracks and even different conditions unless your memory is way better than mine well yeah i i you know i think about it when i was racing you know i was doing the track and and i was racing well i don't know if it's the tires or what but we're working on the tracks way more than we did you know a handful of years ago yeah and um, whatever has changed, it's just, you know, back when I raced, I could go and prepare a track and, um, hardly ever have to work on them during the races. And now it seems like, you know, we're constantly working on the race tracks, which I don't like. I wish you could just have the track prepared and the cars race on it, but and sit back and enjoy the night sit back and enjoy the <laughs> night but uh you know on a, a sunday night at houston's we're getting 80 plus race cars yep. these tracks you know they'll only take so many laps and uh it's it's uh we're damn lucky we got the equipment we have to where when that track starts going the other direction uh you know we can work on it and uh bring it back and Houston's is kind of tough because with 305s and stock cars you know I wish we could race their two features before we have to touch the racetrack because before we touch the racetracks the tracks are pretty much the way the 305s and the street stocks want it but they have an intermission well you want to get them fans you know tom yep. van and wants them fans out of there by 10 or 10 30 at the latest and and uh you know we got to use the time that we're yep. allotted and it doesn't always fall into the the street stocks and the the 305s hand you know but you know the 410s they can't race on rubber either, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I have a hell of an idea. I think you and Chris Duncan should, at the Grand Falls Casino, you know, Houston sponsor it, but you guys have a track prep thing <laughs> so that all the track prep guys in the United States can come and all of you meet together and have a little powwow. I think that would be awesome. But that's just a that's just a thing I'm throwing out there. But yeah, yeah, you know, you know, with track prep, you know, you talk about a notebook and and stuff, and and I'm gonna tell you one thing with track prep. I always have 
a plan in my head when I go to the track. But when you get in that road grader and you go out there, nine times out of ten, the plan I have to make I have to make adjustments to my plan yep. because it's a different day. Yep. The weather's different and you just, if you've been doing it for long enough, you just, you get a feel and you just, you can see what the dirt looks like. And, and, uh, I remember when the Duncans came to, to Jackson, uh, that's when, Lasoski and Forbrook were in Todd's car and we were standing up there and we were having some issues with the racetrack and <clears throat> Lasoski says to me, how hard is it to put a little bit of water on it on dirt? I mean, it can't be that difficult. <laughs> and I, I just, I wish, you know, we've had guys that wanted me out of fusage, you know, they, 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 we were having trouble, you know, at the beginning of the year, trying to come up with a, with, you know, a good racing surface. And, and, uh, we offered them the keys to the road grader and the water truck and, you know, come on out. If you guys think you got a better way of doing things, but by God, they never take you up on it. Yeah. It's always it's easier if like you're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these, these. You know, race car drivers, they're bitching and complaining. Well, come on out. We'll let you do the surface. Yeah, or, yeah like or, Bud uh, said, it's like being a ref at a basketball game or something. You're never going to make everybody happy. Yeah, yeah I, I seen an interview last year during the Knoxville Nationals, and this particular driver was complaining about the track, and he's like, yep, they finally got the track right tonight. Well, that guy didn't do very good that night. I just... You know, so if the track was exactly the way you wanted it, why didn't you finish in the front that night? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like track prep. I mean, some nights you get it right on the money, and some nights you have a bad, uh, you know, a bad day. Yeah. And, and uh, we try to do our best to to make that perfect track, but it, it's tough. Oh, yeah. it, it's mother nature and dirt and it's never going to be easy and yep no the it, it's you know every week you you, you kind of you know got to make adjustments just like the the four day show i i was very very happy with with how all four days went and i mean them world of outlaws i don't i'm sure you guys seen it but we had six inches of dirt stuck yep. to the wall. Yep. <laughs> I, I, they, them guys have so much horsepower and are moving so much dirt. Um, it just, it's amazing the material they move, and you got to try to get that dirt all moved back. And I don't know if you guys watch, but at Houston's for the Outlaws, I could not just blade around the racetrack i had to work in each corner to try to pull that dirt back where it needed to be yep. before i could start blading in a circle because yeah. they were moving that much material yep. now be, before we race on sunday night again that track will get all dug back up and all reshaped just because of the the four nights um 
we're so hard on that surface that uh, we got to get the dirt put back where it belongs. Yep. Well, that was six inches on the wall. How much of it went outside the wall? <laughs> yep, exactly. You know, That's and, another thing. The the These cars take so much dirt off, you know, the pack trucks, the push trucks, the cars, the they're taking, you know, on that concrete on a Sunday night, the guy that does the sweeping, he'll take a couple bobcat buckets of dirt off every week. Oh, yeah. You know, that's got garbage in it that you can't just dump back on the racetrack. Yeah. Yep. Well, I remember when we were packing with the push trucks on one of them nights, you were talking about how thick the mud was. We ride around, you know, get all smooth, looks all nice and pretty. Then the wall started falling off the mud with big old globs would fall off and roll down the track. And I'm like, oh, damn, we had it looking so nice. Now there's globs of mud laying out there again. So, Yep, yep. It, it, yeah, it just, uh, the material that them 410s are moving, you know, whatever, yep. 900 horsepower, whatever they have, it's, it's uh, a lot of dirt. You bet. Well, we've uh, we've taken a lot of your time here, uh, Greg, but it's all been great stuff. Let's just run through some of our rapid-fire questions here real quick. Um, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Vanilla. Cat or dog person? I have cats. Okay. Do you have any hobbies outside of farming and getting track prep? Uh, one of the best things i've ever done in my life is i i like to go snowmobiling i like to go to the rocky mountains in the winter and out of all the the sprint cars the the atvs motorcycles there's nothing that i've done better than than riding snowmobiles in the mountains get up in the deep powder <laughs> deep powder yep um how about a favorite movie I like Smokey and the Bandit. No, that's a good old classic. Uh, this one probably going to be easy then. Yeah. Do you prefer snow or rain? Snow. <laughs> Do you have a favorite place to go out to eat? Any place you can get a good steak is my favorite place to eat. That works. Do you have a favorite holiday? I like Christmas. Okay. Um, what app on your phone do you use the most? Weather. <laughs> That's what I was going <laughs> to guess. Um, if, if you're going to be stranded on an island, is there a certain type of music or anything that you would take with you? Oh, I'm not too big into music. Um, I'll pass on that. All yeah. right. Um, how about how many speeding tickets have you gotten in your lifetime? Oh, I bet I could count them on one hand. Oh, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. What's that being said? What's the fastest you've ever driven on the highway or been in a car with someone? Oh, over a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favorite drink? Shoot. Don't care if it's alcoholic, non-alcoholic. I mean, it can be water for all we care, but. I like having a Pepsi every now and then. Oh, that's a good man right there. Uh, if you had all the money in the world, 
is there a certain car or pickup or anything that you've always wished that you could have? No, I'm pretty simple. I mean, I don't need a whole lot to to live. So, I mean, if, if I had all the money in the world, I probably put it in the bank. Yep. yep. That's a good place to have it. Then you have it. Um, just one more thing off the wall here a little bit. If I remember right, you used to run road grader for the township out there, didn't you? You still do that or is that? Well, my dad, my dad ran the road grader for the township for many, many years. And then, um, in 19, uh, he got buried in a grain bin. So we lost him there. And, and, uh, Two days later, they're sitting in my driveway wanting me to, you know, take over this township road grader. And I, I told the people, I said, I'll run it in the summertime as much as I can. But I said, somebody somebody else needs to do it in the wintertime. And, and uh, so they fortunately found somebody to run it full time. So, um, Oh, so it was your dad I, that run it then? Yep, I okay. just did it for a few years and then if if they get into trouble you know i'll help them out when i can sure well greg this is that 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 township road grading and racetracks are about the same you're just constantly getting your ass chewed i there because i worked for the county over here so that's maybe the best way to end our podcast right there (laughs) i you know i people ask me my wife asked me you know how do you do it and i said well when you go to work you know that's part of the job. You're you're yep. you're constantly gonna be getting your ass chewed and and like Chris Duncan told me, when you go home at night and you did everything in your power to try to get that racetrack to do what you wanted it to do, that's all that matters. You know? Yep. You, it's you, all you go can do. home and and that day is over and, and uh you come back the next day and, and you try to do it better. And, and, you know, like I say, if, if, if these racers that come up and yell and scream and bitch and, you know, if you got a guy that cares about the racetrack, you don't have to say nothing to them. They already know, yep. you know, you know, it's just like competing. You know, we go to the races to try to win the race. Well, we go, work on the racetrack to try to give these racers the best surface they can have. And they don't need to say anything. We already know we're, we're doing the best we can with the material we have to work with. And, and, uh, all dirt is different. And I hope someday I can find the magic dirt. (laughs) Good luck with that. Is easiest to work on. And, And if, and if Todd called me and said, Hey, Greg, if you could get dirt, where would you get it from? Sioux Center, Iowa, that fairgrounds track at Sioux Center. Oh. Laura and Darla Mulder. We would go over there and race a fair race. Yep, yep. That is the dirt I would want because you barely have to put any water on that dirt. And it's just the raciest surface I've raced on. And 
they call it God's country over there in yeah. Iowa, and uh, that's the dirt I would go for. So, well, you should have got it because now they tore it all out. Yeah, it's a shame. I I was fortunate to win the last race there, and and uh, that that place had magic dirt. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Greg, and we wish you the best the rest of the year with the track. Uh, we'll be trying our damnedest to give these guys a good surface. All, All right. right. Well, you thanks, take care. Man. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Tobe, you sit Speedway. You know, I'm I'm super excited for the season. Big season for Husits. You Live bet. races. Look it up. And and we're back. They they are allowing us to interview all the winners, winners again. So we will of the weekly shows. We're not week- counting on the big shows. Yep, and we'll try and do that. You know, as early as we can, and get that out Monday if we can. Um, I know our podcast right now is Wednesday, but we'll try and get them out on Mondays if it works for the drivers. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah everybody sure. should check out Husits. Go to it if you're in the area. Watch it on Dirt Vision. Look up their schedule. It's every Sunday nights the regular shows with exceptions here and there. Big events. High Bank Nationals, Silver Dollar Nationals. A lot of stuff going on. Pay attention, folks. Hey, that was really good. It was. The, uh, the analogies that he used. He explained was really it well good. for us common folk that don't understand it. You know, the water not going in, you know, the hand lotion on yep. the hands. You get too much on there and it just won't rub in. Well, you yep. know, that's. That's dirt that the, won't take the gr- water. The grinder, slow your speed down and speed it up how much more you can tear off. And yeah. It was just, he did a really nice job, I thought, of explaining it to us. Yeah. And I, I, I really don't think my idea of out at Grand Falls, because oh. Grand Falls Casino, you can't get a much better place than that. No. Nope. Uh, the dingus drunk, you know, he said, what the heck? This is out in the middle of nowhere. You got a <laughs> golf course. You got pools, a waterfall. Yeah. So, um, you know, let's get all the track prep guys to come to Grand Falls and share their ideas. You know, I probably shouldn't say, you know, because we, we don't have any pull with Husits, but I'm just thinking anywhere. that would be a great thing for. We're lucky we got any pull in our own garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But uh, I thought Greg did outstanding. I, I really think that's, you know, a very good. He talked very well on what it's like for them. Yep. You know, and well, I just 18 think, hour days during the, yeah, so, you know, that don't leave a lot of hours to sleep if you went home, you know, yeah. and that, if you're working 18, you got to go home and he lives used to, well, he used to live south of Sioux Falls there, I think. But, yeah. Right by uh, Baker's crossing. Yeah. Right by the golf course, if I remember correctly. But so, yeah, they run on very little sleep for four days, which was probably, well, then the 4th of July weekend, so they don't race, which was really good because they probably needed it. Yep. Yep. And. Just a little um, schedule thing. We really don't know when we'll do our next one. I know I'm going to Houston here for a week. So um, we'll probably have Houston's winners on. Um, but I probably won't be back till at least Tuesday. Um, so because they'll race not this Sunday. I'm talking next Sunday. Um, so we'll probably have a week off unless... I take the computer along and we do yeah, one. Because you can't leave the computer with me because I won't never know what to do. <laughs> I so, just sit here and talk. So, so over the fourth, I'm thinking we're probably going to take one week off and then we'll have Husets winners on the following week. Um, but, you know, we've reached out to, you have no idea how many drivers we've reached out to to just try and get an individual 
you know, podcast uh, with. And but it's it's the crazy season for them right now, so yeah, it's tough. I get it. And it's just way easier doing them over the winter time and stuff like that. So I'm glad we have the Houston's winter deal on. Um, uh, obviously, other drivers, if they do want to be on, they can reach out to us. Yep. You know, text me or, you know, give yeah, we, a message on Hoogie's Garage. If you haven't listened to the podcast, we talk, I mean, we've done, we do variety. We love everything. Anything to do with racing. Yep. We'll so, talk about it. You bet. We're good to go. All right. Have a great weekend and a great 4th of July, everyone.